Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, February 22nd. And welcome to our commentary. Absolutely beautiful weather here in uh, North Texas. I mean, it feels more like April uh, or even May uh, with temperatures in the 70s. So the, I guess the only difference between our temperatures today and May is that we would get a lot of rain in May. But other than that, it's just been an absolutely beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. I mean, uh, totally <laughs> um, over the, you know, normally this time of the year, you know, we may even get a little freezing once in a while, but it's just been absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So hopefully it stays like that for for a while. Well, the, the big story this weekend, of course, is going to be the South Carolina GOP uh, primary. And by all accounts, uh, this is going to happen on Saturday, so Roughly in 48 hours, people will be voting in South Carolina. It looks like uh, President Trump, former President Trump, is going to win a fairly easy victory. And I guess the question is, what happens to Nikki Haley? And as I've said many times before, she's a good woman. She served the country well. She was a popular governor of South Carolina. But it's time for Nikki Haley to see the handwriting on the wall. She's not going to be the nominee. And in fact, the longer she hangs around, the more problematic her future is going to be. I mean, if she wants to have a place in a convention, let's say something happens to Donald Trump and he doesn't get there and the convention has to pick a different uh, candidate, if that's what she's planning to do, in other words, have a place at that convention, what she's doing right now is not helping her case. What she needs to do is get out of the race, endorse Donald Trump, step aside, and spend the next three months giving speeches about the utter complete failure of the Biden presidency. If she does that, sort of like Governor DeSantis of uh, Florida, then I think, you know, she'll be fine. She may even be selected as vice president if that's her if that's her objective. I mean, but sticking around and keep telling these reporters that she's going to hang around until the end. Look, she may have the money to do it. I don't question that, but she's not serving her interest by uh, hanging around until whenever, because it's just not looking good. She's looking poorly. And it's, I think it's time for her to, to move on and let uh, Donald Trump have uh, the stage here. Because, look, that's who the party wants. Trump is the nominee of the party. He's this, the man that the, the party wants, and uh, she ought to get out of the way and let the party have their man. Now, if something were to happen between now and the convention, well, that's a different story. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but I'll repeat what she is doing right now is not helping her. If that's uh, what happens uh, in the future, look at governor DeSantis. He stepped out and all of a sudden now you've got Donald Trump even talking about governor DeSantis as a vice president. There's already talk about governor DeSantis, you know, Senator Scott, others uh, that he mentioned the other night in that uh, town hall meeting. I have always felt that, uh, Former Secretary Pompeo would be a great vice president. Uh, I feel very strongly also about uh, former Congressman Lee Zeldin of New York, who put up a great fight uh, for to be governor of New York this last time around. But I, I just think that it's time for Nikki Haley to get out and let uh, leave the stage to Donald Trump and start talking about the collapse of the Biden presidency. That's what we need to be talking about. No more talk about Trump we got to start talking about the collapse and the total disaster of the Biden of the Biden presidency. Well, you know, one of the favorite uh, lines, I guess, uh, 
of the Biden presidency is that Trump wants to be a, he's like a wannabe dictator. He wants to be a dictator. And the Biden administration says, you know, that that they want to be the, part, uh, the party or the people who stop the dictator from walking into the White House. So how does uh, former or how does President Biden celebrate or how does he go around proving that Trump wants to be a wannabe dictator? Well, I've got a post coming out about this on Friday morning. The Biden administration has decided to go around the Supreme Court and start once again, once again, uh, canceling all these uh, consumer loans or these uh, student loans that were taken out years ago by students. And I guess he wants the taxpayer to pay for all these student loans. So he's sitting there, you know, writing off these loans. First of all, the Supreme Court already told him not to do it. He cannot do it, does not have the constitutional authority to do it, but he's going to do it anyway. And this is the same guy, of course, who's saying that, that Donald Trump wants to be wants to be a dictator. So he's showing all of us how much he believes in democracy by going around Congress, Now, I, I, going around the Supreme Court. Uh, so I, I just hope that the media will confront him with this because it's pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous. The Supreme Court said you cannot do it. And yet he's uh, running around saying that uh, he can do it. In fact, he's doing it. And who's paying for all of these, uh, all of these loans uh, being canceled? Well, many, many Americans, many of them who paid off their loans, who went to college and worked to pay off their loans, and now they're seeing the Biden administration relieve uh, other students of the debts that they incurred. Look, I understand these debts are difficult. I understand that many of these students are struggling. But you know what? Why should the taxpayer pick this up? They should go back to the universities and colleges that made these, uh, that offered these courses or somehow uh, sponsored these programs and let the colleges and the universities uh, pay off these loans. Let them eat all these loans that the students cannot pay. Maybe they can cut a deal uh, with the university and figure out some way for the students to pay back the university. But it shouldn't be where they're going out and asking middle class middle uh, uh, middle class, class people in this country and other hardworking Americans, many of them didn't even go to college and have them pay off these loans. That is just absolutely, totally, completely ridiculous. So I hope that the media will ask him about this because, again, he loves to talk about Trump, the wannabe dictator. And what is he doing? He's using executive orders to go around uh, the Supreme Court. Well, that doesn't sound very, very much like a man who believes in democracy or the rule of law because the rule of law says the Supreme Court told him not to do it. And yet he wants to keep on doing it. That's not the way it should be. It should be. I, I hope this really comes back to haunt him. And I hope that all of you out there who are paying off your loans or who paid off your loans, well, I hope you express your your uh, disenchantment, let me put it that way, with this uh, stupid decision to cancel loans by voting in November and voting against uh, the Democrats uh, who are behind all of this. Well, a couple of interesting things on this day in history, of course, it was on this day in 1732 that George Washington uh, was born. He, of course, went on to be the father of the country, the first president of the United States, probably the most consequential uh, figure in American history because it was Washington who basically created the presidency. He created the traditions, the institution of the presidency. And at a time when nobody really knew what a president was, he stuck to the Constitution 
and he governed in a very effective and measured way. When you realize how much power he had, how much power he had, because he was the, he was the only person who could unite the country. And you think of all the power that he had and how responsibly he used it, including, including walking away, walking away from the presidency after two terms and creating what came to be known as the Washington tradition, meaning you serve two terms and, and you leave uh, the presidency. But when you think of what this man did, everything that he did for the nation, not only fighting the revolution, leading the revolution, uh, being at the Constitutional Convention, being the first president, and then walking away from power. When you look at this man, I mean, this is one of the greatest men in world history, absolutely, and how fortunate the American nation was that a man like George Washington uh, was around. Because many other countries, they win the revolution, the new guys take over, and then it all falls apart because they don't have a guy like George Washington to keep it together. So how fortunate, how fortunate the American nation was to have a man like George Washington at the top at that uh, very special time. He passed away in 1799. He passed away at age 67. He uh, was living in Mount Vernon after he retired from politics. And he wasn't there that long. He was only there a couple of years after his retirement. He got very sick and uh, died uh, in September, or I think it was September 17, 1999. So did not make it to, to the next century, but certainly his uh, place and his name uh, will always be a huge part of American history, of course, including the capital of the country, Washington, D.C., and the greatest monument in Washington, the Washington, the Washington Monument. So we remember today George Washington, born on this day in 1732, the first president of uh, of the United States. We also remember something that happened on this day by coincidence on George Washington's birthday. In 1980, the USA hockey team was playing the USSR hockey team. Now, back then in 1980, uh, they didn't allow professionals to play in the Olympics. It was just amateurs. And of course, the Soviet Union team was technically an amateur team, but they were made up of some of the best hockey players in the world, of course. And they would usually go to these... Uh, uh, you know, these uh, Olympic events and wipe out the, the opposition. But on this day in 1980, a collection of college kids from the United States beat the Soviet Union four to three. And if you have not seen the video, the real video, not the movie, there was a movie that was made, I know, but the real video, you can get it on YouTube, of uh, Jackson or Michael, I can't think of his name right now, with ABC. Uh, who was calling the last 30 seconds of the game. But if you can get your hands on that, that was more, one of the most exciting 30 seconds of sports that I ever had. It was the first hockey game that I ever saw. I was not a fan of hockey before that, but I became a huge fan of hockey because of this game. And if you can go back and just listen, I think Alan, Michael, Alan Michaels, that's it, Alan Michaels of ABC, if you can go back and get your hands on that YouTube video and just listen, to those last 30 seconds and watch the, the reaction of the players after they beat the, the Soviets. It's one of the most exciting moments in my life. One of the most exciting moments in my life to watch how that game came to an end uh, on this day in 1980. And of course, by coincidence, the USA college kids beat the powerful Russians or Soviets on this day in 1980. I'll never forget that. 
And if you have a chance, watch it because you'll never forget it either. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.